Welcome to Red, Blue and You, the podcast that helps new SMU students and their families prepare for life on the hilltop. In this series, we break down important information that you need to be successful on every aspect of student life here at SMU. I'm Dr. Casey Mayjay, and I serve as the Vice President for Student Affairs. I look forward to seeing you on the hilltop this fall. Hello, new students and families. My name is Brooke Richardson, and I am the Assistant Director of Parent and Family Programs here at SMU, as well as your Red, Blue, and You host. Today, I'm interviewing Angie Shoup, President of the SMU Mothers Club, and I also have here with us Gary Willis, President of the SMU Dads Clubs. They are here on this extra special episode to share information and helpful tips when it comes to supporting your student at SMU. So thank you both for being here today. And first, I think it would be helpful to give a brief overview of the SMU Mothers and Dads Clubs and what you all offer. Yeah, Gary, I'll let you talk. Yeah, I think uh, the key here is that the Mothers and Dads Club bring almost a 100-year legacy of being on campus supporting students, their families, their faculty, and just various activities that allow us as parents to be a part of the university without being in your student's way. I think the first chance you will encounter the Mom and Dads Club will be at move-in. Um, we try to really interact with the families at that time. We have tents set up throughout the campus. Um, we serve, not serve, but we hand out water and uh, tools. Um, everybody tends to forget tools when you move into a dorm and to put together all the little pieces of furniture and stuff like that. And so um, we have volunteers, and so you'll get to meet a lot of our representatives, and it's a great way to kind of jump in. So we're excited to see everybody. Yeah, and I know y'all do a lot of other fun events throughout the year. So do you want to share kind of the presence you may have at on-campus events or just other events um, outside of campus? I would say the biggest one would be Boulevard, which is tons of fun. We have a great location on Dallas Lawn right in, in front of the Circle Fountain. Um, and so it's, you know, big presence there. We um, Every home game, we're there three hours before kickoff, and we serve food and drink, and um, that's a great time to get to know other families also. It really is. I think I've told parents that stop by there a number of times is, we're your place to hang out when your kids are doing really well and they don't need you around as much. Yeah, that's a, that's a good slogan. <laughs> we're parent daycare. <laughs> it really is. But we're fun. Yeah. Well, everyone loves y'all's Boulevard tent. Even students stop by. So yeah. I've heard. We where totally they, have students. Yeah. yeah. Lots of dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. We did. We had as many students some days as we did parents. It's probably because of the hot dogs, but... I think the fact that people feel comfortable coming there, they bring their dog, they bring their grandmother. I mean, you know, then we roll into some of those bigger events like family weekend and homecoming. And and we do the boulevard up a little bit more for those days than we do r routinely. So that takes us through the first semester for the most part from move in through those boulevards. And we, we have a lot of presence. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, and kind of switching gears a little bit, um, I do want to ask y'all about some advice and helpful tips. So can you both share what you did for your student during their first year that maybe your student appreciated? Um, for example, did you have a scheduled time you would call them or create planned visits or send them anything during a milestone event? What were some helpful things that maybe you did for your student? Um we're local. We live three miles from campus. And so um, you would think it's different, but it's really not. Um, 
SMU is really, a, the campus itself is, is kind of a bubble. And so when you're out of the bubble, you might as well be 500 miles away. And so, um, I don't know, it, the, the hard part, I think, more so for my husband than even myself, was just all of a sudden their presence is not there. And so that was kind of tough. And so we decided, and our son Triton went along with it, every night we text him goodnight. And when we, we hear a response from him, it just makes us feel good. We feel like we're not interfering with it, what he's doing on a daily basis, but it's just our way to connect and make him know that we're here for him if he needs it. And so a lot of times that text will spear him to say, hey, by the way, would you mind doing this or I could use help with this? And so um, anyways, it's just our way of checking in every day. And I think we'll probably continue even after he graduates. <laughs> for sure. I, uh, I think for us, it was basically understanding the schedule and trying to figure out when they were busy and, and not interrupting d- during those times. But then there for a while, letting them go and text when they needed something. You know, if you don't hear from them, things are probably good. You hear from them a lot, yeah. you got to start to worry a little more. I agree with that. So I think in, in, in as much as anything, let them dictate the pace, but be sure to stay in contact, even if it's a quick, hey, have a good day kind of thing. If you don't hear back, that's great. And, you know, those are those are things that come and go. And even as our oldest daughter, we hear the same thing, you know, we won't hear from her, but we'll drop her note. And she's like, oh, thanks. So it, it's similar to the regular part of life, but it's just different for the students coming in because they've now got to manage everything on their own. Yeah, I could see how that communication would shift from being with them every day, seeing them in high school, and then all of a sudden they're on campus and you don't hear from them. But Um, They're always typically managing school and extracurricular activities and building new relationships and friendships on campus. So I have had some parents call me and say, "Um, can you reach out to my student? I haven't heard from them in a few days. And usually everything is okay. The student is just super busy um, and isn't used to having to manage multiple priorities at once because it is such a shift. So I love that y'all have those kind of touch points with your students. I'm sure that's really helpful. Yeah. And I think they, even if they don't want to admit it, I think they appreciate the outreach just because it makes, you know, I don't know, it just kind of is that still connection mm-hmm. so that they were used to also. Well, the other piece is bringing, uh, bringing yourself to campus when there are campus events that warrant it, you know, coming to a football game. Whether or not you see them or go to the game with them, just see them on campus, wave high, and you get to go to the game. You go do something fun on campus. You see what it's about. So you get a better understanding of what they're doing versus managing it from what you think they may be doing from 500, 200, three miles away. So I think making yourself available, if you can, to become part of the campus activities is huge. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know sometimes can be maybe more challenging for our out-of-state families, but there are a lot of reasons to come to campus and have those planned visits from homecoming, family weekend, celebration of lights. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for families to be on campus and create those planned visits. Yeah, and I think we're um, our, our goal collectively this year is to try to make sure those events are known ahead of time so that you can definitely you know make travel arrangements and things of that nature. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Okay. Well, on a broader scale, um, what are some tips or recommendations you all have when it comes to supporting your student as they navigate their time at SMU beyond that first year? I know we've talked about communication, but as they progress in their studies, their academics become a little bit more rigorous and intense. Um, So curious if you have just any other tips or uh, helpful information you'd like to share uh, that other families can maybe do. I think... um, uh, for our son, at least, um, 
picking wisely events or organizations he wanted to invest time with. Um, he's engineering. I know uh, Gary uh, Reagan, their daughter, also is engineering. So I think depending on your major, maybe you have more time, free time than others. Um, Triton has always had to be very careful about what he, you know, commits to. And so, but I do think it's super important to get involved at least in one or two organizations because that's where you find your friends. And even though you may not stay involved with that organization, you may meet with somebody that, you know, is in something else that you become involved with. And so there's just so many ways to get involved, but just to get involved is super, super important and really um, will lead to your child's, you know, happiness. And when they find friends, that makes, you know, makes them feel more connected to the campus. Yeah. I I think one of the big keys here is, you know, a lot of students that come to SMU come out of high schools and they've done really well and they're 4.0 students and then suddenly they're going to get their first B or C or D. And you just look at them and say, okay, now you got one. Yeah. Who, who really cares <laughs> kind of thing. So that's a big part of it because it's going to hurt their, 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 their ego. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make or break the person. So you got to be there to support that because it's a rigorous, you know, um, uh, curriculum in, in, in everything that goes on here at SMU. And it's just not going to be like high school. So knowing that they're probably not going to be a 4.0 student for the rest of their life is just something you have to accept and and let them walk through and figure out how to do it and just, just help them uh, get through that. Yeah, and I would say it, it's so. It always amazed me when I was in college how it's so hard to dig out of a bad grade. But it, you know, it, but it's like one grade like just tumbles your GPA. But then it takes like ten grades to build it back up. And so that freshman year, um, that foundation is so important. And so there is no shame in dropping a class. I we were very adamant because Triton, our son, he was he, he's not a quitter, and he's like, I don't want to quit. And I'm like, but <laughs> let's look at this. And so he had, like, bitten off a really hard Spanish, advanced Spanish class. And so, you know, we advised him. We said, listen, let's let's not sink your GPA, but you have to be careful to make sure you're still a full-time student for, you know, scholarships and things of that nature. But there is no shame in dropping a class to, you know, ensure that your GPA, you know, stays strong. Yeah, that's great advice. And yeah. I know that that advice is also reinforced with our academic advisors, and they're there to say, here yeah. are your options. So it's nice to for parents to know what the options are as well right. um, with academics, because sometimes students get so focused in, this is their world, they yeah. don't want to be, they don't want to fail, um, and which is understandable. But, you know, what are the options at hand, and how can we all navigate that with the students support them coll collectively. Right. So that's and great like advice. Gary said, that's. Um, I mean, all these kids are such strong students, and they're coming from, you know, where they're, you know, were everything in high school and made great grades, and so you know, it's a it's a eye-opening experience for sure. But you, um, yeah, you step into your your class of fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred yeah. of people just as good or better than you, and you're like, wow, it's a different look. I think the other part of that is is letting our students know that it's okay to go talk to professors and take full advantage of the resources that are available. And you could, I could watch the difference when people that I know who have families, when their students started using office hours and recitation and things like that, you could just see the, the, the burden of trying to do it all by myself go away. And it really was cool to watch. 
That's nice. Uh, there are so many resources for students on campus, and so their tuition covers these yes. resources. So it's like, go to the writing center, go see a, an academic advisor, go uh, get extra supplemental instruction because these resources are available. And um, I think that's something worth noting. And there's a lot of administrators and faculty and other peers that want to come alongside them to support. So one thing that I think is important to mention is the Office of Student Advocacy and Support. They have a form called Caring Community Connections, CCC for short, and families can fill that out as well if they do see that a student is struggling um, their first year or beyond. And they can say, hey, can you check in on my student? Um, they, we just lost a, a family member or they um, are having issues with X, Y, Z. And so I think that that's something where that exists and I would want families to know that. But there's so many resources and people here to help students succeed. Um, so it's important for families to know what yeah, all is offered. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another um, thing that Triton's really taken advantage of is like the the May terms and the June terms and the Jan terms because that l- allows you maybe not to take such a heavy course load, you know, during the regular mm-hmm. part of the year and kind of spread things out. Brooke, I think the final point to this is is what you stated in the question is you have to let them navigate this and keep give them boundaries, but let them navigate, let them learn to make good decisions maybe make a less than ideal uh, decision, but they have to learn to navigate because at some point, you know, they start adulting and then they're on their own and you need to let them make decisions, but also help them when they ask for it. Yeah, that's great. The The idea of empowerment and building that self-esteem and resiliency, that's huge, yeah. especially post-graduation and uh, being out in the workforce. So. Right. Well-rounded adults are, is what the workforce is looking for. And when you let students make decisions and, and manage their way and navigate, they do become more well-rounded. True. Yep. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this amazing advice. Um, we'll wrap up soon, but is there anything else that you feel like is worth noting before we conclude? Did we cover it all? I think, I mean, I think the freshman year is maybe the, you know, the first little hurdle by sophomore year, they're off to the races. Um, and it's, I mean, it's okay if it doesn't just start off with a bang. Some people are going to jump in and it, everything's just perfect. And then some, some it takes a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe a semester to find your way, but give it time. That would be my biggest advice. Don't, don't panic. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And I think as a parent trying to be involved in the, in the multitude of different activities that are going on on campus, their parent, parent clubs, their, there are talk series, there's lecture series, and all these things that you can do. And it doesn't matter where you live. You know, I know for us as the Mothers and Dads Club, we send out our volunteer opportunities to everyone that's signed up to be notified. And we've had volunteers from Oklahoma, Kentucky, California come in just to do that. And they don't even wind up seeing their students, but they came to hang out and see what was going on. So it's a place where everybody can have a good experience. Yeah, that's neat. Well, thanks so much for being here and sharing all this great advice. Um, If families have any lingering questions, how might they reach out to the Moms and Dads Clubs or you all? Through our website um, would be the best place at this point. Okay, sounds good. And the SMU Moms and Dads email probably, would that also be great? Yes, there should be a link on the website to that. Okay, 
Okay, which is SMU Moms and Dads at SMU.edu, just in case families want to write that yeah, down. <laughs> um, or reach out to parent and family programs. That's parents at SMU.edu, and I can always forward that to um, our club presidents or anyone um, who might be interested in helping a family member out. So that is it for today. Thanks again. Thank and you, Brooke. Um, Awesome, Brooke. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap up by saying that uh, new students, if you want to enter into a giveaway for some free SMU swag, go ahead and post a photo on your Instagram story with your best pony up and share your favorite part of this episode. Be sure to tag at SMU underscore orientation and a winner will be selected at our live Q&A every month. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.